Christians are supposed to be Christ-like, just as the name implied from when it was originally used in the first century, right up to our own postmodern world today. It's as simple as WWJD, right? Wrong. Join our show host, teacher, servant leader, and fellow traveler as we journey together in learning how lives daily renewed by God's grace and power can embrace Christian living that counts and makes a difference in a broken world. Greetings for Ex Libris on Air. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book title is Briefly Biblical. And it's a concise contemporary uh, commentary on Genesis. And joining me from, I think it's Milwaukee in the United States of America, is the author, Deacon Jerry Schilling. Welcome, sir, to the program. Thank you. And it's Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I, I don't. I wanted to get that not Milwaukee, Oregon. All the, well, yeah. Well, I'm. I'm. I'm glad to hear it's uh, Wisconsin. And uh, we're we're recording in the summertime, so I'm thinking the weather's probably better than where I'm recording from, which is Texas. Uh, your book is is interesting on several levels. First of all, you have uh, admitted to being kind of a wild and crazy guy in your past. Uh, drugs, alcohol, some other things that are probably considered by most church going folks is unsavory. Share a little of your background, sir, and why this book was written. It's, uh, well, I'm the eldest of four siblings, uh, product of a broken home. My parents got divorced when I was 10. Uh, Dad taught me what he knew, and both my parents taught me, I'm grateful for both. Dad has passed. Uh, Mom brought me up my early religious training with her, uh, and I had trouble with drinking drugs, alcohol, smoking, uh, you know, you name it, I did it. Mm. And it was, it was, I didn't see nothing wrong. I thought I was saved. And just because I said the sinner's prayer. And then about 20 years ago, I met a guy at work and he told me the truth about salvation and how to get saved and stuff. And it sunk in and we're, we became best friends. I became part of his church. The self-destructive behavior ceased, and I became a deacon in the church. Oh, that's fabulous! Uh, that that just in itself is a uh, a great commendation for the uh, choices you are making currently. And the, one of those choices was to write this book, uh, briefly biblical. And in looking through it, uh, one of the things that struck me was that you uh, uh, first of all have focused on the book of Genesis, uh, which is the first book in the Bible and in the Old Testament for those who um, might be of Jewish uh, extraction. But it's yeah. uh, it, it you have taken. Uh, maybe a phrase or two, and then explained how the book of Genesis deals with that. Share with my listeners a little of that, or maybe a highlight from uh, from some of those, you know, comments that you've made in the book. Okay, it kind of started, I didn't start out, I didn't start out to write a book. What it kind of started out as was like a, like a, my own personal study guide, and then it just kept on growing on it, and uh I kept a notebook, and I'd, I'd write down my thoughts and my feelings on it and stuff and things that I had learned, and it, it just grew and grew, and then after a while, the hardest part was keeping brief, you know, with the title of the book, Briefly Biblical. Yes. It's, I wanted to break things down into small, bite-sized segments, you know, and tackle tough theological topics and, you know, turn them into tasty morsels. Well, I and I like the way you've done that. Certainly, uh, you are a retired uh, postal worker and have some other skills in your background. And writing and uh, a faith journey is something that you have embraced uh, in a in a huge way. Obviously, this book is 124 pages in length, and uh, just to give people a, an idea of uh, how you've done this. You have a, a phrase that says, bad choices bring bad results. And in that, you have outlined within a four or five sentence area uh, the uh, overview of a portion of Scripture in Genesis. Um, was that a difficult task for you to uh, condense this down into just kind of a pointed uh, viewpoint to share? Yes, sir. That was that was one of the most difficult things was staying brief. I, w I wanted to make it so that you could, you know, 
quick look, quick looking at. And I realize people and readers have time constraints. I wanted to have something that they could come back to and look at a short time and get something out of it, and uh, you know, not overburden their time and let them take as much as they can, when they can, whatever they can, however they want to, at their convenience. And one thing in looking at the book, it's not, I would say, not heavy-handed. I think it's more instructional and observational. Would that be the way you describe your content? Uh, yes, I wanted to share some of my experiences and hoping that maybe someone would see that we all have choices in life, and uh, God offers us choices. He's not going to force us or make us, and he's going to, you know, I made a choice to do the bad things that I did, and I also, once I found out the truth, I made a choice to turn around, but it wasn't by my totally doing it. It was by the Lord's giving me the unction and the desire to do the choice. He presented it to me. He give me a mind to follow it, and, you know, it's all his doing. That in itself is interesting because many people make a start of, uh, I will say, a Christian walk or a faith walk of some type. And uh, within a few years, it kind of uh, becomes a second nature to them, perhaps, and to others it becomes just a repetitive uh, thing that they do. They get up in the morning, they may do something, or they may pray over their meal, something of that nature. You have uh, become vaccinated very thoroughly, if I can uh, use that that phrase. Uh, yes, sir. It, it, it's a little leaven, leaven is the whole lump, the Bible says. If there's a little bit of sin, it'll take, it'll come and take over. It's, you gotta be always on the guard and you can't let your guard down. And the devil is tricky and sly and cunning and he'll do whatever he can to try and wreck God's work. What he, the devil is jealous of God, what he can't keep for, of God for himself. He tries to destroy, and that includes his works and his God's believers and his people. You have highlighted one of the well-known characters of the book of Genesis, and that would be Noah. Uh, in fact, there's a huge um, ark that's been built. I think it's in Ohio. I have not attended there, but I've seen pictures of it. It looks pretty fascinating. Uh, what did you discover or what did you learn from Noah that you wanted to pass along? Uh, from Noah, well, it, Noah was uh, just an ordinary man, and but he was a believer and he had faith. And he, before Noah came on the scene, it had never rained. So you know, he gets his vision from God, this unction from God. You know, I build the ark, well, a big boat like that. It's never rained on the earth before. Now it's, he says it's. it's God said it's going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights. He says uh, it took Noah great faith, great time, great personal expense, you know, trying to obey God, and he did that. And it took him like 120 years to build the ark. And I can't imagine him, you know, talking roughly to the scoffers and stuff. Noah let his works and his actions do the talking for him. Uh, yes, a, a very strong and a wonderful testimony of those who embrace the story of Noah and uh, probably didn't have Excedrin or some of those other pain meds to uh, to take along his journey. That would have been a major undertaking, 120 years of being consistent. I, uh, I spent some time building a home uh, several years ago, and I was busy trying to work at it most every day for uh, probably a three- or four-year period. I look back and 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 try to figure out how in the world I had the stamina and the uh, desire and the ability to complete it because it was a lot of work. Now, in introducing this book to someone, how would you how would you describe it? What's what's unique about it? Ah, uh, God sees, God knows, He cares. Even in your darkest hour, He knows what's happening. He doesn't neglect or desert His people. But he does let them do what they want to do, and he, he introduces and he hopes they turn to him. And if you're one of his, you will turn to him if you're chosen. And it's uh, 
God's choice. He does what he wants. Everything is his to do with whatever he pleases. I don't like people telling me what to do with my stuff. On a much greater scale, God doesn't like people telling him what to do with his stuff. I also read in your bio that uh, although you are retired and have been married a number of years, I think in the 40s somewhere, you recently, I guess within the last three, four years, adopted a young child. How is that going, and how was that challenge? Uh, how did it uh, work? How is it working out for you? That is, Mariah is the joy of our life. We never had kids of our own, and it was uh, my wife's niece, while well, she was a druggie and was an unwanted baby, the, mm. the mother, birth mother never went to see her in the hospital or nothing. My wife says, well, we'll help you, Erica. So it started out just helping out, and then it became uh uh, we got something called kinship, and that's like we take care. We got uh, some help from the government. And then we became full legal guardians, and after a while, then we applied for became full adoptive parents. And the one this past Wednesday before Thanksgiving, we went before the judge, and we got everything finalized. We changed the name. She's ours now. And it's 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 a joy. It's 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 something you know. I wish I would have done sooner, but I'm not going to beat myself up over it. <laughs> but ch- raising a child is it's a responsibility and a, and a burden, yes, but it's also a joy and a privilege. Well, congratulations on on doing that and making that effort. I just recently adopted twins. I uh, posted that, but they're actually twin puppies, and uh, they are driving me crazy. So I don't, I, you know, they're, they're three or four months old and act like spoiled teenagers. So it's I I, I can relate to the uh, the challenges of bringing up uh, another extension of your family for sure. Was there was there anything that? How would you describe this? I know you've uh, in three words called it that the story or the the book really is about faithfulness, perseverance, and trust. Is there one instant in the book of uh, Genesis that really is a, a story or a, a passage that you uh, frequently visit since doing this book? Uh, I kind of like the story about Joseph. Joseph really went through, I mean, he, his brothers stuck him in a pit, were going to let him die there. They sold him. Uh, he, 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 jo- Joseph learned from his mistakes and stuff. He used to be proud and haughty and he bragged about his, you know, his, everybody bowing down to him and stuff. And he really went through, he was in prison a number, a couple of times, uh, falsely accused of, of molesting his, his, his boss's wife. Uh, and Joseph went through some tough times. But he always kept his faith and believed in God that God would eventually deliver him from it. And in the end, Joseph grew up to be second only to Pharaoh in the head of the government. He could have never thought that off, you know, or, or never done that without God's help. God was the orchestra of that. A fascinating story for sure. Now, this book is 124 pages. Uh, describe for me the the reader or who you feel will benefit from its pages and the contents? It's, I believe it has something to offer for both the beginning Bible reader. It's, it, it, I don't think I wrote it then to go over somebody's head or something. I think there's something to offer for the neophyte, for the novice Bible reader. I also believe it has something to offer for the serious Bible student scholar you know, I sometimes I, if I get a chance, I just read it myself and you know look over and stuff. I kind of think I wrote that. <laughs> you know, how did I do it? Uh, it's again, it's well done. This is your first book, if I understand it correctly. Is there more to follow? Uh, well, no. This is actually my second book. A oh, while second. back, I wrote and had self-published a book of poems. But uh, it, that was about all I did. The company that I did it for never had any kind of uh, sales push or marketing or program or anything. So I, I sold very few copies of that. But the excellent Greece has been, you know, really good with uh, 
marketing and publishing and, you know, getting the word out and stuff, you know, it, it cost me some money. Yeah, but it, sometimes it takes money to make money. Not that I'm in it for the money, but, you know, I just want, like, you know, the, the possibility of the God's word being spread. Oh, excellent, uh, Jerry. This is, again, uh, a unique book and I think would be appealing to anyone that has a faith base or a faith foundation in their life. The title of which is Briefly Biblical. It's a concise contemporary commentary on Genesis. And my author, who's joined me from the north and the central part of the United States, Deacon Jerry, J-E-R-R-Y, Schilling, A-S-H-I-L-L-I-N-G. You can do a search under that particular title or under the author's name. Jerry, where can we get copies of this? Uh, Well, right now it's available at Amazon, at barnesandnoble.com, and uh, the... uh, uh, it's it's available in soft cover and hard cover and also ebook and it's un, under progress going uh, audio book but the best uh, result for me would be if you go to the X Libris X L I B R I S dot com website if you would want to order it on the website that cuts out the middleman fees. <laughs> uh, I understand. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your story, not only on your personal redemptive journey, but also this book, which should be of uh, a great interest to many, many people. Again, the title, Briefly Biblical, Deacon Jerry Schilling has been my guest. Thank you, sir, for joining me and sharing your story. Thank you, and appreciate your time and effort. And I'd like to thank Excellent Breeze for all their work and time, you know, in, in unknown author. You have a final word for our listeners? Yes, sir. It's, I'd like to say that God sees, God knows, and God cares, and nothing happens that he doesn't allow or make to happen. So everything is his will. And it would be best to give thanks in all things because Another Bible verse is for all, everything working together for good to them that love God, to them who are the call according to his purpose. And that, once you accept that, you'll realize that this life on earth is just temporary, and it's the afterlife, eternity, that's the most important thing. Fabulous. Thank you again for sharing your story. For Ex Libris On Air, this is Jay Douglas Barker. Stay with us for more Christian Living That Counts, back in a moment. Congratulations on getting your book published. The effort you put into your work is truly commendable. But what's next? What will happen to all the knowledge you have worked so hard to acquire to produce your book? Here at Toginet Radio, we can provide you a platform to keep your knowledge working for you through the power of podcasts. The subjects our podcasts cover are as varied as the grains of sand on a beach. From life coaching, to military resources, to business success, even to the paranormal. We have a place for everyone. To get started on your next step, call Scott at 903-787-5880 or email him at scott at toginetradio.com. That's S-C-O-T-T at T-O-G-I-N-E-T-R-A-D-I-O dot com. Returning with more of Christian Living That Counts. Greetings for our universe. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book title, The Small Scroll, The Enlightenment of Jesus. And joining me from Victoria, British Columbia, is the author, Christopher Miller. Welcome, sir, to the program. Well, good afternoon. Thanks, Jay. Good to visit with you. You have uh, 202 pages. Uh, Describe for me this book content, because uh, in looking at it, at least from a superficial overview, it appears to be a sort of a work of fiction based on historical events. Uh, Would that be a way to describe it, or does it have deeper meaning for you than that? Well, it's, it's much more research than that. I would say it's a historical novel, Uh, in the broadest terms. 
However, it is pinned entirely on Scripture. And by when I say entirely, the only thing is where I'm describing a part of Jesus' life that's not specifically mentioned in the Bible. That, of course, I'm relying on my creative process to fill in that blank. But everything else is a very studied scriptural uh, depiction of the life of Christ. It's, uh, It's... absolutely uh, accurate to the Gospels. Well, fabulous. And this is not like, uh, I will say, The Last Temptation of Christ, uh, which was a well-known novel that came out a few years ago. Not at all, no. I mean, uh, this is not fictionalized in that way. It's it's faithful to Scripture, not only in Scripture, but in tone. In other words, it's written, it's written through the eyes of faith. Beautiful. And in fact, it's written through the eyes of Jesus Christ. Now, that's the difficulty, and that's the thing that separates it out from other books. That's quite an undertaking. That, is, that sounds like a, a, a miraculous completion, if that's the case. Uh, you spent some time writing this, not just an overnight um, uh, process. How, exp- explain to my listeners the, the writing process and how this book came into being. Well, this book this book began when I was very young, and I, like most of us, you know, on some level, we're all look, looking after the for the answer, you know, boy, what am I doing here? What about God? Um, I was not a believer. I wasn't brought up in a religious family. Hmm. We were a very secular family, and um, so I had questions, but I had a revelation when I was young, I guess about 19. What happened at that point? Well, I had a powerful experience that I won't go into here because that could take the whole interview. Mm. But it did set my mind searching for God. I, I, I came to the understanding that God was real, but as I looked around me, I couldn't find him. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, I looked and looked and looked and looked. And finally, was that when I was in my 30s, uh, late 30s, I finally studied Christianity and I. I got it. You know, it, it, it hit me. I I went through a, a conversion. I understood, and, and I came to believe in Jesus Christ. Now, I didn't know much about the Bible, but I did study with a study group, uh, uh, a very uh, extensive study of mm. the Bible for the next 10 years. And after that, uh, I still had a few questions, but I got the idea to write this book. And... Um, I, so I'd studied the scriptures for about 10 years, and during that time, I had picked out from the study what the actual course that Jesus physically walked uh, in his life when he began to preach after his baptism uh, with John. Yes. Uh, he, he traveled around, and basically all around Israel, a little bit over into, uh, you know, uh, only one excursion into a different nation, but back then to Jerusalem and around Jerusalem. Well, I wrote that out exactly in a timeline. Beautiful. So so he went to this city, and then he went to that city. He spoke here, he healed here. Mm. And um, then I took that, and what I really tried to do, Jay, is um, I had this idea. I strung a chord, just like a musical string, all the way from the beginning of creation up till now, and pulled it as taut as I could make it. Hmm. And then from there, down below, I just zipped down. I, you know, I, that gave me a kind of a tone. And then I just like stitching, I, underneath it, I started to write the words. And, and I, I traveled along the path that I had previously written down for Jesus as being accurate. And I tried to tell the whole story based on the sound of that you know, the sound of the word. Yes. And um, I found it really fascinating. I I don't remember really how I wrote it. I mean, honestly, I I ended up finally with all the tri- trials and tribulation of daily life and, and children and everything. I I went up to a cottage uh, back about, oh, about 15 years ago on a freezing cold winter in February in Ontario, you know well, on a, <laughs> yes, on a frozen do. lake. Yes. And I just said to my wife, drop me off. I had my computer, I had my notes, I had all my stuff. And I stayed there for a month. 
Wow. Just entirely on my own. And I managed to get a draft out uh, of it. It really went well. So uh, then I spent, you know, I was in my 40s, maybe. Uh, oh, gosh. I'm, uh, I guess I was in my 50s, really. But, um, you know, people, there's a certain level of maturity when it comes to Christianity one has to have to really look at it uh, and feel comfortable with their understanding of it. Yes. And I wasn't really able to complete the book until about three years ago. And then from that point, I began publishing it. And that's a whole other story. That's, a, that's an experience unto itself, <laughs> you know what I mean. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, when you, when you finish the book, or I guess as you begin to, to write it, again, I'm sure as a creative person and as a person of, uh, who studied and, uh, you know, I, I maybe obsessed over the storyline, if you want to call it that way, uh, the, the, the process itself, was it one that was difficult for you? I mean, did you just want to share it with the world? What was your motivation for that? What was my motivation? Yes. Uh, why, well, who did you tell, who, who did you I'll, think this this book might appeal to? It's a, it's a different approach than what I've seen before. What I really wanted it to appeal to is the kind of person who was really looking. Okay, what is going on? Hmm. I can't portray enough how much I want to say. I'm not preaching. <laughs> Mankind's kind of had all about as much preaching as he can stand. I mean, I want preaching to go on, and it will. But you know, in our times, things are more are so polarized. If you have an unbeliever uh, who hears preaching, his he just instinctively reacts to it in a bad way. I've seen it over and over again. True. You know, in people who are non-Christian, I mean, they just can't stand it. It makes them angry. And they say this and that and, oh, that stupid old book and, you know, all, this, all, all of these things. So what I tried to do, you know, the Bible's difficult. I mean, I know when I started studying it, I mean, it's long and it's, it's complicated and it needs to be explained and it needs to be really understood before you can hear what the story is. Well, that's what I wanted to do is I wanted to take all that and show that it wasn't just, you know, emotional fundamental, uh, old-fashioned thought. I wanted to show that the Bible was absolutely logical, and in fact, really, it is the only thing that offers us the answers, and, and those answers are really right before our face, but we can't really see them. But So I tried to take the truth of the whole Bible, and, and, you, and, and that is summed up in the life of Jesus, because the whole the whole Bible is there for him and because of him. So I just wanted to tell the story as accurately as I possibly, and as honestly as I possibly could, but just tell the story and say, okay, look, this is it. I want people to read it just like a historical novel. They know the figure, they, 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 and then, but just leave that behind. Mm. And, and and listen and see if you can hear the song, see if you can hear the voice, and see if you can consider and think about the myth that that, that, that is, the story that that is, the great story that has bound so many millions and billions of us together. Beautiful. Well, your book, again, the st the style of writing, I would say, is uh, very narrative in, in its style. It's not stodgy. It's not preachy, as you mentioned. Uh, it's, it is a novel in its, uh, in its style, um, and yet as you begin to study and prepare for uh, putting this to print, was there any challenge that you hadn't anticipated? Not really. No, I can't say that. There must be some characters or something that floated to the surface, perhaps, in your study or in your putting this to paper. Was there something that may surprise the reader? Well, I think, I think the thing that will surprise the leader, the reader, sorry, uh, and I don't want the reader to concentrate on this because you kind of have to leave off the, the 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 fact that this is Jesus Christ writing his own narrative. Hmm. You know, you don't want to obsess on that. At least I don't want the reader, not until they finish it. And it has great vermicillitude, I believe. Like, uh, it, it, but as I said, I took the tone from the Bible, and that tone is the voice of the spiritually aware being. And it's not the actual voice of Jesus, but it does have the same soul, you might say. Yes. 
the same divine consciousness that I think, uh, you know, we are we are moving into a different period of time where this is becoming more and more clear. Clear, we see the world changing in such a way that it's not, uh, you know, just since uh, I was twenty till now, till this time in my life. Religion, Christianity especially, has changed a great deal. Mm. You know, it's gone through the time where it, where it tried to be cool and, and, and you know, uh, attract the cool kids. Yep. That didn't work out very well. <laughs> but now, now it's gone to, okay, this, the, this is the final days. You know, these are, this is the end times. This mm. is it. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is what this prophecy means. This is what this prophecy means. It's all over the place. This is, being, this is prophesied. This is the beginning of times of tribulation. And this is, brought, this, this is caused by the approach of, our, of, of Jesus Christ and a spiritual revolution that's going on and is going to continue on until the completion of it. So it's it's really applies to this time this story and I think to know the story is an advantage to everybody. If you know the story, you understand better what's going on and you can put it in context and and it's a good way to stay away from the fray of of differing opinions, the polarization that we all have. We take one side or the other on every subject. Huh. But I think that that is a diversion, and that's something that's shown to be scripturally a diversion and does not come from God. It comes from our imperfect state, no, that's uh, which, we, which we fell into at our very beginning as man. Well, your your book again the the uh, the texture of it is uh, certainly narrative. It's not something that a non-believer or a non-Christian or religious person would find offensive. They'll they'll actually enjoy the storyline. I believe the way you've uh, approached it. It is also not a study book as such for church groups and so on. It's not a uh, you know verse by verse exegesis of uh, of what's going on in scriptural times. You've done it in a very unique uh, unique approach that I haven't seen before. I don't think there's anything else in the marketplace like it. Have you uh, come across anything that's similar? I really haven't. There are a couple of books that I've read but but uh they they kind of toyed with the idea but but but, but they they either weren't informed well enough, or, or they just just didn't come off. It degenerated into foolishness, which <laughs> I'm I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to toy with anybody here. Right. Um. I I I just think it's worthwhile, and I thank you for saying that uh, it is readable because that's what that's what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be you know like a song. I wanted it mm. to be readable. It's a it's a it's a wonderful story. And we all know about the story. I mean, just about everyone on the earth, about Jesus Christ, you know. Yes. Uh, <laughs> or if we have anything in common, it's what we actually more accurately have in common is God. Hmm. I mean, especially, you know, the, the three big religions, you know, Judaism and Islam and Christianity, we all share the same father. The first five books of the Bible are shared by all of those. Yes. And that always has seemed amazing to me. I mean... Surely we could have a little more common ground than we do have, apparently, if if the God is the same. I mean, that seems foolish to me. And I wanted to try to straighten it out, what, what the actual story is, and what we're being told by God, which is so uplifting. We certainly need it in today's economy and today's narrative. I think uh, this is a wonderful way to approach it. The title of the book, again, is A Small Scroll. The Enlightenment of Jesus, and my author who has joined me from Western Canada, Victoria, British Columbia. Victoria, which a a wonderful, beautiful spot in the world. And if anybody uh, needs a place to retire, I'm not going to send them there, but it it certainly would be on my my go-to list for sure. My author, Christopher Miller. Christopher, where do we get copies of your book? Uh, Again, it's uh, only 202 pages, so not an extensive read or real in-depth, but uh, certainly a unique approach. Well, thank you again, Jay. And yeah, the easiest thing to do is just go to the website very simple thesmallscroll.com so it's all all small letters no spaces obviously it's just thesmallscroll.com and there will also be more information about the book and a few comments that I make and uh, a book review from US uh, review of books 
and uh, um, uh, uh, an inter- a television interview that I did and that, that sort of thing. So it's, well, it's a good place to go. TheSmallScroll.com. <laughs> fabulous, fabulous. And again, they can also request it from their local bookseller by the name or the title of the book and the author. Christopher Miller, or uh, Amazon, I guess, online. Uh, the other online booksellers may have copies of it as well, I'm thinking. So uh, any way that you need to get a hold of it, uh, please do a search, listeners, under The Small Scroll, The Enlightenment of Jesus, and the author, Christopher Miller. Christopher, thank you for joining me today and sharing your story. Well, Jay, it's been very nice speaking to you. I enjoyed it. I could go on for a little bit longer, but I think that covers it very well, and I appreciate your sensitivity to the subject, and uh, I'm glad that you appreciated it. Well, best of luck, and uh, I'm guessing because of this venture into being an author, you may have something in the works for the future. Is that something that we can anticipate? I think it is. Beautiful. Best of luck, Christopher. Good visiting with you, and for iUniverse, this is Jay Douglas Barker. Stay with us for more Christian Living That Counts, back in a moment. Did you hear about Wesley, the golden retriever puppy from Michigan that was fitted with braces? Before you think this is a bona fide insanity, Wesley was born with teeth that were so crooked he couldn't shut his mouth all the way. This was affecting his ability to eat properly. So his owners took him to the Harborfront Hospital for Animals and Veterinarian Dental Solutions, where a doggy orthodontist prescribed him a set of braces. And now, pictures of Wesley smiling with his bright, shiny braces have been circling the Internet. With all that metal wrapped around their teeth, some would think that most dogs would become bruxomaniacs, but not Wesley. He doesn't mind the braces at all and is now able to eat his food with gusto. A bruxomaniac is someone with an uncontrollable urge to grind their teeth. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Returning with more of Christian Living That Counts. Welcome to Author Voices On Air, and I'm your host, Rick Bell. The title of our next book is Understanding the Real Teachings of Moses and Jesus. One of the greatest challenges Jesus faced in the course of his ministry on earth was the unfortunate misinterpretations of the laws of Moses by Jewish religious leaders. Sadly today, they are repeating the same mistakes. And in this book, my next guest discusses those misinterpretations and explains their true meaning. And joining me now to talk about the book is the author, Emika Udeje. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. As I mentioned to you in the introduction, the purpose or the meaning of the book is to untangle or to correct the mistakes and the misinterpretations. Now, this is obviously something that's very important to you. So let's, first of all, go right back to the beginning. I ask you to tell us, how did you come up with the idea of the book? And how did that idea become the book we are talking about today? How did it all begin for you? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, I, as a Christian... I have come to realize that um, there's a lot of uh, erroneous understanding of um, the teachings of Jesus Christ, the teachings of Moses. A lot of people, a lot of pastors and religious people, they try to, you know, uh, understand or, you know, dissect or try to teach these teachings according to their own needs and purposes. And uh, it has been creating a lot of mis- I mean, uh, issues and problems. That's why you have too many denominations, too many churches, too many religious sects, and so on coming up, springing up, just because everybody wants to interpret these teachings and these messages according to their own wills. And so I, I began to ask questions, I began to make investigations, and, um, and I came across the, this prophet, this man, who calls himself the prophet. He is a prophet. Okay, and uh, he, I began to interview him and discuss with him, and he told me that he is the long-awaited Christ. 
His name is Tarando. I began to discuss with him about these issues, and then we now went back, you know, to the teachings of Moses, which he said that he spoke in the body of Moses. And also, the, he spoke also the, the New Testament in the body of Jesus. And now he has come to answer Darando this time around. So he now began to explain and expound what he spoke when he was Moses and what, what he spoke when he was Jesus Christ. So that is how we came across when we now, we now began to interpret and, you know, interpret all of these things from the book of uh, Genesis until the book of Joshua, then from the New Testament, from the book of Matthew until uh, the, the first topic Gospels, and then even on to the book of Revelation. So it is to put in the right perspective the real understanding, the real teachings that Moses had in mind and Jesus spoke when he was alive. So this is exactly what and how we came about the work. Our intention is to put the disciples straight and clear so that bishops, pastors, prophets, men of God, religious people, they should be able to understand things clearly and not misinterpret them as they are doing right now. Uh, at the latter end of your explanation here, brings me neatly and conveniently to my next question. When you've written this book, you obviously clearly had in mind who you were writing the book for. So who is your intended reader, your intended audience, and why? The, our, target, our target audience is every man, every woman that reads the Bible. Every man, every woman that seeks God. Every person who is trying to find out some things about life, some things about creation. Every man, every woman who wants to understand God in a better perspective. You know, I, I want to. I want to say without being, a, without being, a, you know, a, without fear of any contradiction. I want to say that Christianity is a revealed religion. It's a revealed, you know, knowledge of God. And so the the Bible, the scriptures as contained in the Holy Bible used by Christians is the Word of God. And so anybody, any, anybody who can read the Bible, anybody who can understand the Bible is our target, is our target audience. Whether you're a Muslim, whether you're a Christian, whether you're a Hindu, whosoever that can open the Bible, the pages of the Bible and read it is our target audience. We want to put it clear so that everybody who reads the Bible will understand it. So I can say that our target is the entire mankind. More about God. Yeah, and that's a very clear answer to that question, so thank you for that. Now, if I was to ask you to introduce this book to our listeners, to your readers, in one or two sentences, what would you say? How would you introduce it? I would, I would say, in a, very, in a very, in a nutshell, that my book, Understanding the Real Teachings of Moses and Jesus, is a book that will explain to every Bible study, every, every Bible scholar, the real, under, the real teachings, what Moses and what Jesus had in mind when they spoke in the scriptures. Moses was the one that wrote the five books, the Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, uh, the book, uh, Deuteronomy, and so, and then Joshua wrote Joshua. Now, these five books were written by Moses. Now, I want to let us know that not many people understand these books. They see it as, as tables, as allegories. Now, the same thing applies in the book of in the New Testament, the four Sunday Gospels, the book of Matthew, the book of Mark, the book of Luke, the book of John. You know, these books also look like fairy stories. Like they, they look like stories. But they are really spiritual renditions. Therefore, my, what my book tries to do is like a companion, a Bible companion, a companion of this New Old Testament and a companion to this New Testament. It is like a concordance. It is like a dictionary of the Old Testament and the New Testament, you know, limited to these books as mentioned. As mentioned, five books written by Moses and then the, first, the four Gospels written, by, uh, written about Jesus, including the book of Revelation. These books are what I try to explain verses by verses in this my book. 
That's what I try to do in this book. So my book is like a companion. My book is like, is like a concordance. It's like a dictionary. It's like an explanation, something that will make, give you a proper understanding of what Moses and Jesus were trying to do in these books of the Bible. Like a companion, a Bible companion, a Bible concordance, a Bible you know, explanation, a Bible dictionary of these books that I mentioned. The five books of Moses, the four started Gospels, and the book of Revelation. These are the books that this my book, this my tiny book is trying to explain and make people understand in a better perspective. Now we can go back to the beginning. When you sat down, you decided that this book had to be written. You're obviously passionate about the message that the book gives. So let's talk about when you sat down to write the book and ask you to tell us about some of the difficulties, the challenges that you had to overcome when you're writing this book. Thank you. Thank you very much for this question. Um, first and foremost, I want to say that um, this, um, it, it has not been easy. First and foremost, I have this problem of uh, interpreting, understanding, you know, this, uh, what my principal has in mind. My principal noun is Darandu. Darandu is the prophet who, like I told you, he said, I am, I am the long awaited Christ. I spoke in the body of Moses, and I spoke in the body of Jesus. And now I have taken up the name Darando. Now, the first and foremost problem I had was trying to understand him you know, and interpreting you know, all his teachings in line with what is in the Bible. You know, that is the first challenge I had. But I want to thank God that by the power of the Holy Spirit, I've been able to understand him clearly and was able to understand what he had in mind and put it especially the way he, you know, he wanted it. If you look at the book, the, the cover of the book, you will see, I said, Understanding the Real Teachings of Moses and Jesus, compiled by Emeka Udeje, interpretations by Darando. So now, Darando is the one who has the word. My job is to understand him and then be able to put it down in exactly the way he had it in mind. So the first thing I had was understanding him and then putting it the way he had in mind, you know, for people to understand him. That's the first challenge. Second challenge is that I had to do this book, you know, in a foreign country. I am come from Nigeria. I'm a Nigerian, and I published this work with Otto House in uh, Bloomington, USA. And so the, the problem of uh, foreign exchange, uh, you know, and uh, getting the financial funding and so on is, a, is an issue for me. As I'm talking to you right now, you know, the book, I don't even have a lot of copies for me. The only copies I have for, me, for myself is the author's complementary copies. But I think I need more, uh, more of these copies to be able to sell them here in Nigeria. Anybody who wants a copy of this book can only buy through Amazon or Auto House. And so finance... Funding is also a major issue that I passed through. Then the last question has to do, I mean, the last challenge has to do with, um, um, you know, um, being able to, um, you know, meet up with other challenges. You know, I'm a family man. I have a family. I have work that I'm doing. I'm not a full-time publisher. I am, I am also an accountant in a company here in Nigeria. So I have to be able to put up all the ambitions together in order to have enough time to do the work. But I want to thank God that today it is a success. The book is a slave that God is going to take this book to far and wide so that people will read and then will, darkness will get out of their eyes and their mind and they will know what God has in mind for us in the Bible. Thank you very much. And I'm sure that the, the book will be a success. We've talked about writing this book. I believe that you're working on a second book. Would you like to just briefly tell us about that? Okay, okay. I... I may not be able to give you precisely what is involved in the next book I have, I is, but I can tell you that it's going to be science-oriented, science-related. Yes, I, I think that should, that should be, that will suffice for now. The next book I'm going to, you know, that is going to come out now is science-related or science-oriented. Are you aware of my other books? Because I have three books now in my shelf. The first book is uh, what I call when how the world will end how the world will end don't be caught unawares that was published in nigeria the second one is darando 
long-awaited Christ. That was also published in, uh, in U.S. by the same author house. Then the third one is the one we're talking about today, which is Understanding the Real Teachings of Moses and Jesus. So I have like three books right now. Two are published in America and the one in Nigeria here. The next one, like I said, is going to be science-related. It's going to be science-oriented. But uh, I may not be able to give you the caption for now, sir. Because, you know, in publishing, you have to keep on writing and writing until you're able to come out with the final, um, final title. So but for now, it's going to be science-related, science-oriented. But it's also going to be, you know, used, we're going to use spiritual undertone, spiritual connotations, spirit scriptures to explain science. Sciences came out of spirituality. That there is no conflict between sciences and spirituality. And so at the end of the book, people are going to realize that indeed that spirituality is spring, and that gives rise to everything that mankind is doing. So I think that for now will suffice concerning the, the next book that will come out. Thank you for that. And when can we look forward to your new book being published and being available to our listeners? I'm looking at the next two years. But most importantly for me, sir, is the these two books that I have right now in America, I have right now in Amazon and the uh, Author House. I think we should be actually talking about how to promote these two books, you know, to really get them across the entire universe, entire world. Thank God we are working on this one, understanding the real teachings of Moses and Jesus. But I think also it's important for us to look, find out how we are going to promote the other one, which is um, Darando, the long awaited Christ. It is also there in the, with the author house right now. And also, we tell, if you go to Google, if you Google and make out the J, you will see the books there with you, you know, there. So I think uh, these are the two ones I would like us to promote right now, while in the next few years, by the grace of God, the next one, the first book, which, I, like I said, is going to be science related, will come out you know, as a published work. Thank you for that. Understanding the Real Teachings of Moses and Jesus is published by Author House and is available direct from the publisher at authorhouse.com forward slash bookstore and all good bookstalkers. Well, it's been my pleasure to talk to the author of this insightful book, Imika UDJ. Thank you, Thank you for joining me today. Thank you very much. It's my, it's my pleasure having, having me around. Yeah. And we wish you every success, not only with this book, but with the other books that you have written and are writing. Good luck with them. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. This is Rick Bell for Torgonet Radio 2.0. Thank you for listening. Join us again for Christian Living That Counts.